break them down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. When you play at a really high level and you're competitive, things happen. Every team that I've ever been on, things, things have happened. By the way, I kicked MJ's ass. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to an edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. I got Rohit on the line with me today. We're here to just talk about the Lakers and their current state of affairs. What's up, Rohit? Hey, dude. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. So interesting season for us, right? I mean, we, we kind of like uh, crossing paths here this year. Me as the dude, yeah, you, Lakers, you, Lakers fan you adopting about- LeBron. <laughs> you talked about it for years and like kind of uh i never like wanted to kind of accept it like dude i'm never gonna be a lakers fan <laughs> and here we are <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's it's interesting right when you first met freshman year in undergrad i think it was at orientation and i just remember hearing that you were from cali at that time i didn't know you're from north cal but i just remember asking uh you know what is uh what do you think about the lakers and you just said screw the lakers <laughs> <laughs> maybe you use some other choice words when you said that but <laughs> Uh, exactly, but, but yeah, crossing other paths here, like me being the lifelong Lakers fan, adopting LeBron, mm-hmm. and you as a LeBron lifelong fan, and now adopting mm-hmm. the Lakers. How's it been being a Lakers fan? Dude, yeah, the, we can call this podcast the State of the Lakers, and I mean, the particular episode is going to be called the Cardiac Lakers for sure, because they've, I mean, LeBron's beard is uh, beard is kind of graying, and I think by the end of this season, so will mine. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now that you're living in SoCal. I guess it must yeah. be a little bit easier to be a Lakers fan, right? Considering everywhere, every, most people around you, I'm assuming, are Lakers fans now. Yeah, I mean, even out here, it's kind of an interesting vibe. I mean, they're out here. They love they love their Kobe, and like, I mean, I think they they. I think a lot of Lakers fans are going through the same kind of dilemma and trying to meet in the middle and you know, like, really um, embrace LeBron. I think they're working on it, but I think uh, there's still a. I think a lot of that resistance was a lot stronger initially, but I think. It's still kind of a, just like the Lakers are going through a growing process. The fans are kind of like there's a there's a different fan group that's a fan of this Lakers team compared to I'd say the the Kobe Lakers. But there's also there is a like an overlap between the old fans and the new fans too. Of course, of course, yeah. I think the one thing about LeBron is that you know the fans can be all oh, he's bringing all this drama or he's bringing all this disorganization within the team. But the one thing he guarantees is winning, right? Ultimately, if you have LeBron in your team, the history has shown that you're going to have a winning team. You're going to have a top five offense. The defense is questionable, especially LeBron in his later years. But I think um, with Tyson Chandler now, right? Like, like I, that's what I wanted to ask you. What do you think about the addition of Tyson on the defense? Dude, Tyson has been like, I mean, it's he's been a big time addition to the team. I think mainly because like, I, I was telling you like a couple games into the season that it was like, um the biggest thing we didn't have was a big man and i think like and like a defensive anchor and like i was like ingram ingram doesn't have the size to guard anyone lebron can't play the five all the time and mcgee can only give us a few minutes like we needed another piece i think tyson is like enough for now to kind of and it's, he's already had an impact it's three games in we've won three games with we won three games since he's come into come onto the roster but uh, i think we still need a more long-term answer but for now i think he will he'll give us enough to kind of get some wins yeah, exactly. I mean, JaVale was playing way too many minutes. Um, now with Tyson and JaVale, they're both similar in the sense that they're both rolling big men who can catch alley-oops. They play, they block shots at the rim and they don't. you don't really need to run plays on offense for them. Um, but it was interesting how this whole Tyson thing came about, right? Did you hear how LeBron James called up uh, his boy James Jones, who's now the interim GM on the Suns, and basically told him, yo, drop Tyson Chandler so we can pick him up. <laughs> Seriously. No, it's like, it's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean... 
Um, yeah, how do you how do you feel about kind of like you know LeBron like the whole dynamic of like kind of LeBron calling? Shot. I think it's much, here on in, here in LA. It's much less than in Cleveland, but it's like yeah, that kind of thing is gonna happen going forward. And a lot of people question like LeBron's like venturing into kind of GM territory sometimes. <laughs> well, I think this is what happens because James Jones was on an NBA roster be- solely because of LeBron. He won <laughs> four years in Miami and then four years in <laughs> Cleveland. LeBron wanted James Jones on the roster because that was his guy. He followed him with him everywhere. And we'll always remember that LeBron, well, for those eight trade finals that he made, James Jones was there for every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, it's, it's this team, I kind of like what we have now. So we, start, we were at two and five, and that's when Magic Johnson had the thing with uh, Luke Walton, as they called it, admonished him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, since then, we won five out of six, three, three in a row, the one loss being to the Raptors last Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like where this team is headed, but there are still some issues. The one thing we, I think, you and me, our dream scenario is to have a uh, Kyle Korver on this team, right? Kyle Korver would be a great addition. I think next. I mean, we don't. Have, yeah, it's too early about next off season, but I think um, of the guys, like yeah, on the market, I think the most important one I think for us to try to get is I think it's not it's not Kevin Durant. I mean, I, I have my own reasons for not wanting Kevin Durant. <laughs> uh, I think Kawhi Leonard. I think depending on how the Raptors season goes, he's gonna. I think he may. I think he's found a home there, and I think the kind of the gamble by uh, their GM over there is gonna pay off for them. And I think he may continue if their success continues. He's gonna he might stay out there, and it's very likely he will. And then um, I think we need to get Anthony Davis. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis is the dream submit scenario, right? Um, every time I'm watching a Pelicans game, it's kind of bad, but I, I'm hoping they lose because the more <laughs> losing means more likely Anthony Them Davis and I, I don't know who, who else you secretly root for against out of just saltiness. <laughs> <laughs> Paul George. But, <laughs> yeah, that was last year, and it, and it clearly didn't work because even though they did lose in the first round, he still wanted to go back, but whatever. <laughs> I'm over that. I'm over that. Yeah, I'm over Paul George, too. <laughs> Um, but uh, if there's one guy, so for me, I personally think if there's one guy that we would maybe have, if we have to give up somebody to get Davis because he's not a free agent until 2020. Mm-hmm. I um, I think Ingram is the guy that we trade for uh, AD. What what about you? I, I agree with that. I think Ingram, yeah, I think I'm trying to, th- so now we, I guess we can go to who I, uh, the personality of each player on this team and who I like on this team. Um, yeah, I, I think initially you talk, we were talking a lot in the off season. I think like LeVar Ball and the drama with kind of just LeVar Ball's personality. I was like, I don't know if like that and LeBron's kind of, you know, LeBron brings a lot of, you know, drama wherever he goes, regardless, because just LeBron, um, whether that could coexist. But surprisingly, LeVar has been quiet. And I, I've actually loved Lonzo on the court. He's he's probably one of my favorite. He's actually one of my favorites. I'd say in order, like I'm listing my favorites, Lonzo's been very, like really good. I think when he locks in, he tries defensively and he's been kind of playing well there. His shot has improved. He just, I like his demeanor on the court basically. And I also, I also love Hart. I think Hart is like on the bench with that bench unit. And I think just like, he just doesn't, he's fearless. He like kind of comes in, takes big shots, does his job. I like, I like him a lot. Um, Kuzma's great. Um, Ingram is the one I think, especially because of the early suspension, is the one who's kind of a little bit of like he has a lot of expectations. It's kind of the dark horse on like he's. I think how far the Lakers go down the line is kind of uh, Ingram is kind of the wild card. I'd say. Yeah, I think for Ingram, it's just hard to play with LeBron because mm-hmm. um, when I was watching him last year, especially in the second half of the year, he was best when they sort of made him a ball handler. So in last year, when Lonzo Ball had his injury, Ingram became the de facto point guard. And he, they realized he had all these playmaking skills and he, he was getting a little bit stronger. So now when you play with LeBron, like those strengths aren't able to show as much. 
and he's sort of just been a cutter and a slasher and a spot-up shooter, which aren't really his strengths. So I think that's where it becomes really hard for him to grow. And, you know, that's someone we may have to trade. I agree with that. I think, yeah, Ingram, there's, yeah, it's hard to say. I think there's still a lot to be done, but yeah, he doesn't quite fit. Yeah, I agree. He's the one that doesn't quite fit in as well. Um, let's see, other players on the team. Yeah, then, then my other questions are real just about like, you know, um, is, is Walton a good enough coach to kind of lead this team? I think he's had, he had that success with the Warriors. I'm not, I, compared to the kind of, kind of, uh, coaches we, quote unquote coaches we had on the Cavs. Um, I mean, it's a, everything's an improvement, but it's just like the bar is so high and like kind of where, what, what, what's going to get this team over the hump is kind of the question going forward. Yeah. I mean, I think with Luke Walton, um, people can, it's his first year where he's been in charge of a team that has high expectations because last two years, everyone knew the Lakers weren't going anywhere. It was just about growth. And he did that. I mean, our, for his first season, they won 25. Last year, they, they won, uh, improved by eight games. They won 33 last year. Mm-hmm. So now it's just a matter of how he's going to coach a superstar like LeBron. From everything I've heard so far in LeBron interviews, it definitely seems like he has LeBron's backing. He's mm-hmm. already supported Luke way more than he ever supported David Blatt. <laughs> that much is mm-hmm. for sure. Um, he, by publicly saying that he supports Luke Walton, I don't think he ever did that for David Blatt. Um, but when you look at Luke, right, you just have to think about his pedigree, and you're not going to find a lot of more people who are more qualified. Like I listened to a recent podcast, and Richard Jefferson was saying this guy's the son of Bill Walton. He was around Larry Bird growing up, and then was under great coaches like Phil Jackson, and then the Warrior Steve Kerr. Like he just been under a lot of great coaches and players. And a lot of smart players too, and coaches. You're not going to find a guy with the higher, better pedigree. I think. I think we we got to keep him and just see what he can do with this team. Sure, sure. No, I agree. I mean, I, I don't. I'm just like, yeah, like how far we can go. It's kind of that's kind of the. I mean, it's a big question of the Lakers all the way. And I guess in, yeah, on that especially note, this year. Mm-hmm. And I guess on it's, that note, I wanted to kind of segue into like where the Lakers kind of like. I think so. Where what the Lakers' strengths and weaknesses are, where where they fall, and all of this. I think. Yeah, the biggest things I think, I think so coming from my perspective as a LeBron LeBron fan, I think this team has far more talent, is more fun to watch and faster paced than any, like almost every one of LeBron's Cleveland teams for sure. And like probably even faster than them. I mean, the Miami teams would play fast in spurts, but this is the fastest, most like young, energetic team I've seen, which has really been a joy to watch with LeBron. Um, I think yeah, our biggest weakness definitely, I don't think we have a shortage of offense. It's just defensively is like, that's obviously the big question mark for this team. Yeah, I mean, the the one question everyone had going into the season was, I saw all the naysayers saying, oh, LeBron's never been on a fast-paced team. His team's never played fast, even though they say they do. But I think it, that's because LeBron's never had this much youth on his team um, who can actually have the tools to play fast. Mm-hmm. And the defense was always going to be a question. I think, obviously, Tyson Chandler helps now. But it's more of like a, not only a young team, but a new team The Everyone on this team has never played with each other. I mean, Lonzo, Ingram, Hart, Kuzma, they all played together last year. But even then, Lonzo and Ingram were out for big stretches last year. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot, a large part of defense, especially in today's day and age, is just how well you communicate with each other and how well you know who's supposed to be where, who rotates the best. And that all just comes with uh, time, I think. Exactly. Um, and I especially think, uh, in today's day and age, like they already made defense so hard. Like, have you seen how high the scores have been in these games? Dude, it's been it's been insane. Um, yeah, I think the thing that is, I, I've, that's optimistic for me a little bit is like, I think, um, in the West, I'd say like, I mean, so this is going into kind of some, like, kind of 
putting them in the broader scheme of the conferences and where how each conference stands. I think um, the West and the East, I think uh, there's there actually was a decent... Late in the offseason, there's a lot of superstar movement out East, including obviously the most recent Jimmy Butler move. Um, there was Jimmy Butler who went out East, and then Kawhi was a big, big power shift to the East as well. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, w- w- what we've noticed is, if you already look at the landscape, the Rockets aren't as good as we thought. Um, so that's one thing. Like, be, everyone's like, oh, after the Warriors, it's the Rockets. The the Warriors are the clear best team. Then there's the Rockets, who are not as good as last year, clearly. Um, and all these other teams. So, like, say, for example, right now, the Blazers are 10-3. and 3. They're off to a hot start. But personally, do you think the Blazers are a team to fear in the, in the playoffs? Dude, there's just like that's what I'm saying. The rest of the West, besides the Warriors, or even the rest of the league, is pretty much like kind of. There's a lot of parity in the league besides the Warriors. I think everyone else is. A lot of the top teams are on the same level. I'd say like no one's like a clear standout. No one's a clear threat to the Warriors just yet. The Celtics are underachieving. The Raptors look good so far. They. It's hard to say the East. The East is still kind of suspect until proven because I mean they haven't. Uh, the West has been the stronger conference, sort of. Um, but the, yeah, like I think the Lakers' place in the West, it's the Lakers have a lot to prove, and there's still a lot of ball left to play. And they haven't looked particularly amazing, but I don't think there's like a huge gap to close to catch, like to be like in the top three in the conference, because there's not a clear second or third team in the West, especially. Yeah, I mean that, that that's why I kind of like the way that the Lakers built this roster and what they did in the offseason. Um, once they realized they're not going to get that second star, like Paul, they thought Paul George was coming. Once they realized he's not coming, they just signed everybody to one-year contracts. So there's no long-term commitments. Mm-hmm. And say like midway through the season, they realize, hey, we have a chance here. There's an opening. Uh, maybe the Warriors have an injury or the, there's no other clear second team behind, behind the Warriors. I think with these one-year contracts, they're all expiring deals now. They can use those and package a young player to make a deal and try to go get that second star if they feel that they don't want to wait till the offseason. Exactly. So that flexibility is always there. Agreed. No, I think that's what kind of it's just there's so much left to be said. And like you can initially with the early struggles, I was like, God damn, dude, this is gonna be a tough season and all that. But you're like, yeah, like I said, I think like you said, after all star break is kind of where we'll see what what the true worth of this team is. And I completely agree with that. I think after yeah, after the all star break, where how how good a run this team makes, like if they make a jazz type run like you were talking about. Um, they could be a serious. They could make some noise. It's a LeBron. It's a LeBron team, and there's a lot of young talent. And if they kind of step it up and really get it, figure it all out at that time of the year, that means much more than kind of like you know. Right now they're like losing games and they're winning games and they're like all close. But given all of that, the fact they were seven and six, I think it's not a terrible place to be in at all. Oh yeah, of course, seven and six. I mean, especially the way we started zero and three. But yeah, I'm just gonna take this time like the quickest side, dude. Uh, Watching LeBron like every game now, I mean, I, you always watch him from afar because, you know, he wasn't on my team, but you know, it's LeBron, like everybody watches him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crazy to see like, he's still not in full, uh, like mid-season mode yet in terms of his effort and just his peak conditioning and everything. But you look at his stat line, then he's just casually averaging 27, 8, 8, <laughs> like just putting these good stat lines. Um, it's, it's amazing to see how he covers a lot of the weaknesses on your team. Uh, mm-hmm. Just by his sheer talent. It's, now you look at a team like the Cavs and the state that they're in, and <laughs> you realize <laughs> how much of yeah. them for how much of the stuff that LeBron covered for over there. Exactly. No, it's a it's as a LeBron fan, it's very like uh, it's kind of a conundrum I'm always in. Is like 
I think as a fan, as a LeBron fan, like it's like you want to see him like shine and like put out the like take over games and put on those like ridiculous shows. But it's all at the same time you're like deep down you know like that's not going to win it. That's not going to get them to the mountaintop and win it all. Like it's like those are those are like it's a guilty pleasure to watch him play like that. But it's like I you know deep down that's like when they meet when he faces a real opponent he can only keep that up for so long. And on this Lakers team it's definitely much more of like. At times, I feel like it's in a refreshing way. It's like I feel like when Le- there's, mo- I'm excited about watching the other players on this team too. And kind of like when he goes to the bench, I'm not terrified. Like I'm, the bench is a lot of times actually sa- saved us compared to the starting lineup. And I feel comfortable with our bench. And I feel like LeBron doesn't have to do as much. And it's like he doesn't like he has his moments where he shines and all that. But it's like not like he's carrying the team. And actually, that's a right now. It feel that feels like such a relief after like kind of the. The bludgeoning we took in the finals and kind of how the last few finals against the Warriors have gone—it's like it's nice to know that it like there's a there's a, there's a team there's basically a team with him. <laughs> exactly, um, but I think before like earlier you and me were texting, you had an interesting point. I think I was saying how sort of LeBron got at the East just in time because now we saw Jimmy Butler go there, the Sixers are coming up, Celtics are there, the Bucks look good, Raptors. But you were saying that East hasn't been a cakewalk like we all think, and it was just LeBron, right? Like, so, so if you look at the, talk about that, so if you think about the East's records, if you look at the East records for the last few years, especially last year, um, the records of all the teams were like, more, like that. Obviously, there's the Warriors, and the Warriors, like I think, in all of these, the Warriors are an outlier, and they have to kind of be taken out of these discussions because the Warriors <laughs> are one team. But the rest of the teams, if you look through, at like uh, two through six in the sorry, three through six in the West, and like three through six in the East. Um, they more or less had like similar records. We're all in kind of that like you know like forty-five to fifty, like forty, forty, low forty win win total. Like a lot of those teams, and the East had a lot of those as well. And I mean, if you look at the East, I mean, it's like um, this: the Sixers. Like, think about how hot they finished the season, how they could have done. They, it's not that the East was weak. It's just like I think some of those the Sixers weren't ready. The Raptors are like. The Raptors had no excuse to lose that last year, and the Celtics. The Celtics had a game seven on their home floor and had every chance to win. Like LeBron, LeBron, the Cavs and LeBron should not have come out of the East last year. And that's like, I personally think it was one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, making it to the finals last year. And it's like, um, the East has been getting better every year. It's been gradually getting better. There was a point in his eight-year run. I'd say like, the, the, the definitely like the first four years of it, the East was definitely like not not impressive, but. In the last, like, I'd say at least three years, the East has been gradually, like, kind of getting stronger and stronger to try to challenge LeBron. But they never quite had enough to get it done. But that doesn't mean that the East was a cakewalk. And right now you're seeing the East with just a couple more stars coming over, getting healthy and a few things. Um, the East is, I mean, look, besides the Warriors, if you look at the East and West, I mean, there's comparable talent on both sides. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's the thing, the misconception. I was definitely a victim of it. Um, just seeing how LeBron cake besides last year the previous his first three trips to the finals with the Cavs for the most part were a cakewalk uh, to the finals except that for, I guess the first year also because once he lost Love and Ky- uh, Kyrie to injuries it became a little bit more of a challenge but you remember that first year with the Cavs it was the it was that 64 win Hawks team and LeBron just swept them without Kyrie at Love Dude, that, was- no, that, that stuff is like I mean that's crazy I just think back even in the 8 year run about LeBron is just like you know like um, there are some really good teams in there that like you know like I think now that now I can mention this because the resurgence of Derrick Rose it's like <laughs> do you remember that yeah Rose's MVP season like that 
they they won in five against the the Bulls that year, but like they were the number one. The Bulls were the number one seed in the East that year, and like, but every single game was like really close. It's like uh, there's been a lot of series like that where LeBron is just kind of like LeBron and the team is kind of just gutted it out and like won a competitive series. But it just that he's kind of in the body of work. It looks like that, but having gone through every like game and every series, it's like. It wasn't all that like it wasn't like it wasn't all set in stone in a cakewalk as much as it, in retrospect it's like oh wow he just cakewalked through the East but there were there were good teams on the East and I think the West has comparatively had more talent and more All Stars and has had the Warriors especially in the last four years and it makes it look disparate like a disparate uh, the talent look disparate but it's like um, it's much more even than people think and this year yeah this year you can definitely see it once he's left how kind of a lot of the the yeah a lot of the teams have kind of uh, stepped it up a little bit more. Yeah, so I guess this is a good time to ask you, right? Like, we're 13 games in. Um, are you are you happy that LeBron came to the Lakers, or would you rather have seen him go somewhere? I think the other two teams were the Sixers and the Rockets. They were the two other contending teams. I think towards the end, we saw the Lakers were a clear front runner for LeBron, but mm-hmm. are you happy he came here, or would you have rather him gone to one, to one of those other two teams? I mean, I think after a little bit, I got biased. I mean, I think it would have been a much more tough question to ask if I didn't live in L.A., but like... <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think no, the fact that he, I mean, the fact that he, I, I, I like moved to LA the same summer he came here. It's like it makes it very, it, it, it kind of made me. At the end, I was like, I want him to come here. I don't care if like if we don't win that much. Um, <laughs> but like no, I think initially, I think early, early on, I was like Sixers would be cool. It makes sense. But then, I a lot of people are divided with that team. I personally don't like. I, I just don't like the vibe of this. Either both the Sixers and the Rockets. I think. The personality of those teams, I'm not really that much of a fan of like their vibe. I think Chris Paul is a baller, but like I mean, I think he has had he may not be the best teammate according to some. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> as, uh, as my boy Rajon Rondo said, <laughs> yeah. And then um, I think Simmons and you you've been you've been alluding to this about how uh, Simmons and Embiid apparently have like a, a Kobe Shaq level, level feud. I didn't know it was at that level, but I mean, I think. The Sixers think, have a lot of locker, pub- locker room turmoil. It's, it's not publicly there yet, but I think it's just one of those things. When all the reports that I've read, it's they get along, right? On the court, they're they do their things. They know they're two superstars, and they need each other to help win. But I, I, it seems like outside of they, they don't really hang out together. They don't really do anything together. It just seems like an on the court thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I'm kind of. Embiid and now Jimmy Butler, who's already fractured two teams' chemistry before this. Yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. But I think um, to answer your question, no, I'm re- I'm obviously really happy he came to the Lakers. I think uh, I'm di- I was disappointed when we didn't get a second star. That kind of was like a very kind of we were discussing all summer, and I was like hoping something would come through. But then obviously Pop was like <laughs> Kawhi is never coming to the Lakers, and that became clear <laughs> early on. And then I think it was just like that kind of. That kind of made me a little bit disappointed, but now I'm like, you know, like now that the season started and like, you know, it's a reality, I'm more just excited and I'm like, we'll see how it goes. Um, and I'm happy now. And like, I, like, yeah, I think the East, like, yeah, the East, I didn't think it, I didn't want him to run it for sure. I didn't want him to run it back with that Cavs team. I was tired of that chapter <laughs> and I think there wasn't enough there. Um, yeah. And now the East, yeah, it's it, the East is wide open right now. The Celtics are underachieving, but will uh, will probably figure it out at some point. The Sixers, you thought that they were going to kind of fade, but now that they have a new energy and they could, they have a lot of upside now. With Jimmy Butler there as well. The Raptors are playing really strong ball, and they have a bona fide superstar in Kawhi and uh, Giannis. I mean, I think Giannis is really. Take it. I mean, we've all expected Giannis to play well, but the Milwaukee Bucks are playing excellent basketball right now. It's left to be seen whether they sustain that down the line. Yeah, dude. Yep. 
All right, man. Do you have any things you want to hit on for this pod, or should we? No, I think it up? that's a. We covered a lot. I think we talked about the Lakers, but we kind of also kind of touched base on the kind of the landscape of the NBA right now. But I think we got to. It's like it's. I think we're now like yeah, what 13 games in. I think we there's a lot left to be seen. I think we should check. We'll check back in a little later in the year and see how things look at that point. Maybe some of this stuff may sound ridiculous at that point, or some will be like, oh yeah, we called this. So we'll see how it goes later. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like with LeBron teams, it's always a slow start. His mm-hmm. first year in Miami, they were nine and eight. Even on his first year on the Cavs, they were like fourteen and nineteen through thirty-three games, like almost half a year, and they <laughs> still ended up winning fifty-seven games. So that just shows how yeah. LeBron's team—they once once they get into high gear, once or should I say, once he gets into high gear, the team is also in high gear. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're like, all right, they got a winning record now. Let's just get this podcast out of the way while we're on a good note. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But dude, hopefully LeBron can make his free throws, man. Dude, yeah, LeBron's got to work on his free throws. <laughs> oh, that's a la- the last thing I want to touch base on before we end the podcast is like his comments about the patience thing. It's like, yeah. I actually like on this one, I don't take LeBron's side. I'm like, dude, like a lot of these close games, like you could have made your free throws, dude. Like, and like a lot of these like close things, like if you made some free throws, like I think a lot of times we wouldn't be in the situation. I'm like, the, Spur- the Spurs game. Yeah, dude, like you kind of like you, you have hit some big shots and all of that, but it's like, you're not very you're just as culpable for a lot of these like these uh kind of he's in yesterday's game if you watch it too he took some bad threes down the stretch it's like lebron is kind of not playing his best ball and i guess another thing to be discussed later in the season as well on this note is kind of seeing uh whether is lebron aging and how is he aging and how is that are we really witnessing that that's like an entire another pod entirely we'll have to see as oh yeah 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 i mean that's that's one of those pods like we could talk about it now and then lebron just will have like a 50 point game and you're like uh yeah i don't think he's aging yeah (laughs) it's hard to say about that but i think as the season goes on yeah like tom brady every everyone this week will be like oh tom's getting old he's uh going down and then next year he'll come out for <laughs> so yeah, that's left to be seen. I think that's uh, that's another big area to kind of see how uh, Le- LeBron kind of as the season goes on. He did, definitely doesn't look as spry as he did. like his 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 uh, earlier this year, like when he was in Cleveland. Start like the, from the All Star break on, he played some of the best basketball of his career. He's not at that level right now, but I think we'd have to see how it goes as the season goes on. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, bro. All right, dude. It was good talking about the Lakers. Yeah, dude. Till the next time. See you, dude. Till the next time. Peace.